All right. Well, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Hope that your week has been going going good. We're nearly to the weekend. So today we're going to be finishing off uh, the uh, first uh, Chronicles, and we're going to be getting into First Kings as well. So today we're going to read First Chronicles 26 through 29, right? 26 through 29, and then First Kings chapters 3 and 4, all right? So First uh, Kings 3 and 4, First Chronicles 26 through 29. So we are, uh, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about the end of David's uh, reign uh, from from different perspectives now in in Second Samuel. Now we're seeing it in uh, from the perspective of the the chronicler, the chronicler. That's a a, a mouthful to say, um, but uh, we're looking at it uh, from that perspective. It's a little bit different. They they put a lot, give David a lot more credit. Um, then Second Samuel does. That doesn't mean that David didn't do all these things. Just that in Samuel, it, it doesn't specifically mention them. This goes into more detail on the things that David did to make sure that the temple would be uh, completed and would be built. Remember, David wanted to build the temple, but uh, God told him that no, you you were a, a king of of war, and uh, I'm not going to let you build the temple. It was going to be your son Solomon. So David is making all the preparations for his son. So you, uh, t- we have First uh, Chronicles twenty six. It's kind of a, a continuation from uh, from last last week of of many of the different duties because David was laying out uh, all how the temple would be run, how the city would be run, kind of how things would be governed. Uh, was looking at the the civic aspect of how uh, the the nation would be governed, and this just goes through lots of names of people. And it, and again, it, it kind of goes to the validity of, uh, of what was happening there, right? That the, this isn't, these aren't just some stories. They were, they were actually accomplished. Uh, they were done because this was a real country with a real King named David that needed to, to be run in a, in a, in a, in a meaningful uh, and uh, an effective way, and so we see that as we read through, and and I, it's okay you can skim through, but uh, we see lots of names, lots of people involved uh, who are going to make this happen. Um, it, chapter twenty seven uh, gets into the military divisions, and it kind of breaks things up uh, by the the military um, and then the leaders of the tribes of Israel. Uh, I do want uh, chapter 27, verse 23 is interesting. It says, but David did not take the number of those 20 years old and under because the Lord had said he would multiply uh, Israel like the stars of the heavens. That's interesting because basically what he's doing is he's setting an age uh, where you can't be part of the military. It's 20 years old, 20 years and and younger, did not go to to serve. They needed to start a family, right? So to continue the the people that they would continue to grow, uh, it wasn't that God was going to just magically create new people. No, they were going to be that, that part of that creative process, and uh, and so I, I think that's that's interesting uh, that you see that, and uh, and you know honestly, of course, our our age uh, minimum age is eighteen. Uh, you know, 
interesting stories. I've been to Sudan, and and there's a group that's now kind of called the Sudanese Lost Boys or the Lost Boys of Sudan, um, and they were conscript, con, conscripted to fight for Southern Sudan in the civil war between Northern Sudan, Sudan when they were. 12 and 13 years old. Um, and, and it was interesting because they were brought in to fight. And then finally, uh, Southern Sudan realized, man, we're just killing off all of our young people. How are we going to continue our society? And so then they became refugees. And it's, it's very, very interesting story. Um, but we may kind of take that for granted that you wouldn't send off people, uh, you know, real young to war, but no, it, it, it has happened. And so we see here that, that David uh, makes that a 20-year-old mark because he recognizes how important it is uh, to continue uh, populating and growing as a country. Um, we see that goes down to uh, chapter 28, and this is where David begins to have some dialogue with Solomon um, and is, is giving him instructions on to, to build the temple in verse 5. Uh, it says, and all of my sons, he's talking to the, uh, to all of Israel, uh, and all of my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of his king kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, it is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever if he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. Now, therefore, in the sight of all of Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. You know, I, I think sometimes we have done a disservice by not uh, pointing out uh, all the promises of God that come with an if, if you do this, right? And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us and that it doesn't mean that God won't give us another chance. But if we're not going to uh, follow his commands and commit our lives to him, we're not going to experience the many of the blessings that he desires for us to experience. And you're going to see this uh, with Solomon. Solomon starts out very faithful to God and very strong, and his kingdom is, is strengthened and is revered uh, by the nations around him. But then Solomon begins to fall away from God, and that promise is not is not kept. Right? You know, God promised that, hey, if you keep my commands, then I will establish you, your your kingdom will be strong forever. But if you don't, there will be consequences to that. And I think that's important for us. It it, it does apply to our lives. We we often want the blessings of God, but we don't want to do any of the requirements that are ne necessary to receive those blessings. And, uh, and I just encourage you to think about that. As we continue on, David uh, um, changes his focus from the people of Israel to Solomon himself. He says, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will be, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. That's a, that's a, a, a humbling statement for the Lord searches all hearts and he understands all the intent of the thoughts. You know, so God knows if you're just 
faking a relationship with him, right? God knows if you're just trying to go through motions so that you, you hope that God will bless you, right? No, he, he deserves a sincere uh, heart. He deserves a, a sincere effort to live our lives for him, that we truly have a relationship with him. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, um, but, but we need to, to have that intention of changing what needs to be changed in our lives, always looking at our own lives, um, making sure, hey, am I still living my life the way that God would want me to live? And uh, yeah, I think if we would do that more often, uh, we would we would recognize where we are falling short. We would recognize the areas of our life that it, it becomes obvious. You know what? That's an area that needs to change. Um, as we we continue on, uh, end of our, uh, chapter twenty eight, uh, verse twenty. And David said to his son Solomon, "Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Do not fear or be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you." You know, I, I, I love that, you know, that be strong and courageous. We saw that back in Joshua, um, whenever Joshua is uh, beginning to to lead the people after Moses. It's going to be a tough task, right? Moses had been such a good leader. Now it's going to be Joshua, and, and Joshua got in, uh, in, instructs Joshua over and over, be strong and courageous. Now David is saying the same thing to his son Solomon. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Right, he, he's saying, complete the task that God has called you to do. Um, yes, it's going to be difficult, and yes, it may be may be hard, but you have to be strong and you have to be courageous uh, as you uh, launch off uh, and and begin something new and doing something new for the Lord. Um, show show strength and show courage that is based on your reliance in God. Then in, in verse or chapter twenty nine, uh, talks about the offerings and offerings that are being taken um, to uh, to assure that there will be enough funds basically to build the temple. Um, ver- verse six says, "Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands of hundreds, uh, with officers over the king's uh, work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God." Uh, 5,000, and then it goes what they, what they gave. Uh, verse nine, then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because uh, with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord and King David also rejoiced greatly, right? That they offered willingly, that this is something they wanted to do. It wasn't something they were forced to do. It was something that they wanted to do. They wanted to give and to, to make sure that the, the house of the Lord was built. Um, there in verse 10, we have basically a psalm, uh, David, David praising uh, God. Uh, and then uh, as we get to the end of that chapter, uh, in verse 17, it says, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now with joy have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of, uh, of the heart of your people and fix their hearts towards you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes and do all these things to, and to build the temple for which I have made provision. And again, the understanding God knows 
why and our motivations. He knows the intention behind our giving, behind why we do what we do. Um, you know, and, and so God de- desires for us to willingly give, right? David is rejoicing that the people are willingly giving. And then he's, then his reminder and his prayer for his son is that he will follow God's commands and all of God's precepts. Um, and that he will do that first. And then he will also build the temple, right? And, and I, the, the first thing that David asked for was, uh, for his son's character to reflect the character of God and then to also do these other things, you know, these tangible things as well. Uh, but what was most important is to have a heart of God, uh, have a heart for God. And uh, that is what David was praying for. Then we get to Solomon being anointed a king. Uh, David's reign comes to an end there in First uh, Chronicles uh, chapter twenty-nine. Um, then let's skip uh, skip over to First Kings chapters three and four. So this is kind of the introduction to uh, Solomon's uh, official reign. So uh, we we have uh, chapter three, and um, I just want to read. Uh, some of what uh, it, it talks about Solomon and his relationship with God it says, and Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of his father, David. Um, so he, he was, was trying, he was trying to, to live the way that, that uh, God desired for him to live. Uh, and then he has a, a dream at night and God asked him, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked with you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant king instead of my father, David, but but your servant. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked these things. Then God said to him, Because you have asked these things, and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you or before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you or among the kings of all your days. So if you walk in my ways, again, so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And, you know, I, I love this perspective of Solomon. Um, he, he recognizes what, what is most important for his job, for his role. Um, it, it's not most important that he is the wealthiest or the most powerful. What is most important is that he is able to discern justice, that he is able to rule well. And so he, he asks for that. He asks for wisdom so that he can, um, uh, be just in his rulings. And, and of course, God, uh, recognizes the importance of that and also grants him the other things, you know, and, and on a, you know, 
if if we will live our lives seeking to be just and seeking wisdom and and live our lives according to godly wisdom, sometimes the other stuff does come along. Sometimes it doesn't. But the most important thing is we need to look at at our heart, at our character, um, and that's what we need to be asking God for. Not so much all the stuff, the peripheral things that that will take care of itself. Focus on asking God to help you change what needs to be changed inside, changing our character. Then uh, there's the wonderful sort of story of Solomon's judgment that's just representative of his, his wise judgment, right? You have the two harlots who are both pregnant, um, and uh, one of them rolls over on her baby, and uh, the baby dies, and uh, and then she claims that the baby is hers, and they're arguing about it, and they go to uh, King Solomon, and he uh, he says, well, just cut the baby in half, which obviously is a ridiculous solution. Uh, but what it does is it reveals the heart of the people. There's one lady, the, the lady who uh, had rolled over on her child is like, well, that's fine. At least, at least that other lady will be just like me and we'll both be mourning. Um, you know, and then of course the, the lady who's the child it was, her main concern was the life of the child. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's a few things, you know, one, it shows, uh, Solomon's, uh, it's, it's just a demonstration of Solomon's, uh, wisdom and learning how to get to the heart of the matter, if you will. There's also some human nature stuff there. Uh, sometimes whenever we are hurting, uh, we just want other people to hurt as well. We really don't care what the cost is. We have to be really careful with that. Um, then uh, it continues on. Uh, chapter 4 um, looks at, at Solomon's administration and starts looking at the people that are being put uh, in place there. Uh, and then it talks about uh, just how how wise and famous he became, and uh, and that that's going to lead us into for next Tuesday. Uh, we're going to read into the book of Proverbs, uh, read chapters one through nine of the book of Proverbs, and uh, and we're going to just quickly go through the book of Proverbs, most of it next week, um, and and look at these wise sayings uh, that if we if we stri- strove to live our life according to those sayings, you know what, we'd probably avoid a lot of the, the problems that we find ourselves in. But uh, I hope that you uh, are continuing to enjoy our journey through Scripture in chronological order. And so for next Tuesday, uh, read Proverbs 1 through 9. All right, we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.